Kindness Can, the podcast, with radio personality Jane Lindley Thomas and psychologist Paul Bushell. Because every act of kindness, no matter how big or small, can change lives. In this series, Jane and Paul hope to enrich your life by giving you practical tools on how to be kinder in your relationships with yourself, with those around you, at home, work, and in your community. This week, Jane and I thought that we would talk about kindness in the car. Mm-hmm. Hey, mm-hmm. how often does that become the stage for some serious unkindness in our life? Big time. I mean, there's nothing more disappointing than giving someone a break in the traffic and them just scooching on over and driving on as if nothing's happened. Hey, where are like, those hazards? I'm like, it takes so little yeah. to just lift your hand or hit a hazard. Yeah. But then I'm thinking, since when did you get into wanting something in return for being a good person? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they're expecting, like, why didn't you thank me? <laughs> why? But I suppose, for me, as you say that, I'm kind of like, I, I get exactly what you're saying. But there's a part of me that feels like the road and being in our cars is such a stressful environment. We know that it's a stressful environment. So if we could find small ways and small gestures just to shift that energy a little mm-hmm. bit, uh, it can make such a big difference. So it's not about getting those hazards back makes me feel better for what I did, but it makes me feel better sometimes in the sense that we're all participating in trying to make this overall experience better. It also sometimes, it's a funny thing that when I get a, a wave back in the rearview mirror or a hazards back, it kind of makes me feel like I'm part of a community. In a strange way, it makes me feel good about being, I don't know, Durbanite, about being South African in some way. Like, I don't know you, you don't know me, but we're sharing this experience of life and, and we connected to it. And this little moment of, of strangers just doing nice things to each other, it always makes me feel good. Me too. Hey. I hit a hazard, they hit a hazard, we're all hitting hazards. I'm like, Waving. this is fantastic. Yeah. And it has the potential just to change, completely change the energy of someone's day. And in the same breath... When a taxi slams on brakes unannounced, that feeling of despair, anger, and rage is as real as the joy of getting that hazard. Yeah. And I suppose in some moments on the road, when someone does something which is dangerous or threatening to you um, or even irritating, you're allowed to have those feelings, right? Mm. Because that's real and that's genuine. But once again, you're still accountable and you still are responsible for what you choose to do with that feeling and how you choose to manage it in your life. I think a big shift for me as far as taxis in particular are concerned is really working in the psychology of a taxi driver. Yeah. So thinking about a day that depends on how many people you have will equate to how much money you have in order to put a chicken on the table. Absolutely. And bosses who might not be as kind as, as your boss, actually, uh, or deadlines that might be different to your deadlines. And so I think what you're starting to talk about there is, and it's such a useful tool for so many moments in our life, but maybe in our cars in particular, about being empathetic uh, with the other people around us and the fact that they are also just people going through their own stuff, trying to get from A to B. And sometimes in all of that, they make mistakes and they don't get it right. And so I'm not saying that taxi drivers shouldn't be accountable for bad driving. They should be. At the same time, we can manage our responses when we put it into perspective. Mm. Let's talk about losing <laughs> <laughs> losing the will to articulate without using 
very colorful language in front of our children <laughs> in the car. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a crashing moment as an oh. adult when you've hit the hooter, you've rolled down the window, you've waved your hand out there like you just don't care, and then you realize there's four little eyes piercing into the back of your head <laughs> full of judgment and what just happened. Yep. And what is that word that you just used? Yep. And I often say to parents, it's going to happen. There are going to be moments in your life when you as a human being is more powerful than you as a parent. And you're going to mess up and make mistakes. So set yourself free of chasing a version of parenting or adulting, uh, which is perfect mm. in some way. It doesn't exist. But in fact, those moments are great opportunities for all of you to learn something. It's a great moment to, to step back and say, hey, kids, that went really wrong. That is not how it's supposed to look. And what do you think I could have done better in that moment? And in that conversation, you're teaching your kids something really valuable. You're teaching them about what's not meant to happen, but you're also teaching about what good looks like, mm. in fact. So when you're driving in your car and you do get it wrong, don't despair. That's a great moment to turn your car into a life, university of life classroom. Yeah. We recently did um, a facilitation at a school for some teachers and we were chatting about chasing like perfect parenting and the story that came out was <laughs> basically this lady was saying that she had her granddaughter in the car and they were driving along and something happened and she got a bit of road rage and she said... The A word. The A word. <laughs> and the kid in the back seat said, did you just say the, the A, A word? word? And the lady said, no, I said apple hole. And <laughs> who's going to buy apple hole? <laughs> the fact is that this kid went home and found the grandpa and said, do you know that granny just said apple hole in the car? And then the mom arrived and the kid said, granny said apple hole in the car. Well, we have laughed about the apple hole. And she said, I'm going to go home tonight and I'm going to tell my granddaughter that I did say the A word and it's not the way to go, but I did it. I did it. I did it. And we all make mistakes sometimes and that's fine. So long as we can find ways to make it better in our life. So that's being on the on the side of it where you are throwing it out there. But I recently had an experience where I had it thrown at me. So I was leaving the Crescent after my weekend radio show. It must have been about 11 o'clock. And the joy in the car was so immense. We had just gone to a toy store to cash and vouchers for a birthday present. And as I was taking off in my unbranded car, and I used that as a setup because I don't think the person would have acted the same if they'd seen an East Coast radio logo all over my car. So as I'm just taking off, one of my kids says, Mom, look here. And I turn my head over my shoulder and my tire goes, honestly, a hair or two over the white line. I'm going, I haven't even hit, I'm not even moving barely. And I can just see the car that's coming towards me I just see hands going up, Ooh. hands, hands, hands. A-bombs, F-bombs. You're hating me. So I roll my window down. And I say, I am so sorry. And this man at 11 o'clock on a Saturday morning starts vomiting hatred at me, telling me mm. that I've impositioned him and I'm not the one that's being impositioned, so don't apologize to me. And my first reaction when he was swearing at me was to go into learned behavior of standing up for myself and going back at him. So I wanted to. I was trying to find the words to go back at him. And then I thought, wow, imagine the life you have if you are so angry at 11 o'clock on a Saturday when you see a woman in a car just idling over the line. 
And then I realized that all my kids were listening and I thought, oh my gosh, this is one of those moments that Paul talks to me about, about using this as a teaching moment. So I just let him go. I didn't say a word. And when he eventually stopped to draw breath, I said, I hope your day improves. Mm. And I drove off. The kids were mortified. Why didn't you stand up for yourself? Why did you let him talk to you like that? Why, why, why? And all the way home, we discussed it, and we discussed it thereafter, because now when people in the house start behaving in that way, they call each other on it, saying, don't act like the bully man. Yeah. So we discussed as a family what his life must look like in order to arrive like that in a mm. situation. But yeah, it was quite a, yeah, it's a, hard moment. a vulnerable moment to play out, because as a parent, your reaction is to protect yeah. and to make better, and to shelter from experience like this. Absolutely. And so there's two really important parts in that, in that story. Is, is the one that sometimes our default, our instinct is to, is to fight fire with fire, to, to go back, get into it. Whereas by being empathetic for a moment, so stepping back from the situation, holding your feeling of, of fear, in that moment of anger, of irritation in that moment, holding that feeling, stepping back for a moment and looking in and connecting with empathy. So saying, well, what's going on here with you? And I don't have to go to that same place with you. I don't have to just rush into it and, and fight back with you. That takes courage sometimes. That takes patience and that takes practice. I was at a, a ticket, a parking ticket machine yesterday and it was so hot in Durban yesterday. And when you phoned me and said, Paul, you're wearing a blazer for the talk we were going to. And I was like, yes. And the sweat <laughs> is dripping down my forehead. Okay. <laughs> it was a hot day in Durban yesterday. There was a lot going on. And of course, the ticket machine didn't work. And this lady came up behind me and in front of a whole bunch of people, she was just like, oh, you can tell you live in Africa. Nothing works in Africa. Everything's broken. And I realized that I could have been really polite I suppose I could have gone there with her because I was also feeling frustrated and acknowledged it in some way but I, I held my feeling and I, and I took the courage actually to turn to her and say but what a beautiful day and everyone around me just lit up because one of us had the courage to change the direction of that moment mm. by, by stepping out of it and saying hey guys we don't have to go there mm. we don't have to go there at all we can change the direction of that and I think that's true in many moments in our cars mm. as well. We hold our feeling we can change the direction. I mean, our car can actually be a really happy space. I Absolutely. mean, if I look at doing the school run, which is joy, because I use it as an opportunity to really unpack what's been going on. Granted, kids at this age, nine and seven, <laughs> how was your day, fan? What did you do? Nothing. I'm like, well... <laughs> <laughs> bit of pinching, bit of lunchbox over the head on the back seat. Yeah, exactly. Like, move like, over. I want to sit there. Exactly. Oh no! Listen, <laughs> please don't be dis um, disillusioned. It can be a lovely conversing time, but it can also be me taking my shoe off and just trying to get <laughs> something like between the car, just like hitting something because things get really intense in the car yeah. as well. Yeah, like really intense. Sure, sure. So how do we turn it around? How do we turn it into being? So we've spoken about turning into a place of learning, but it can also be a place of, of happiness, right? Right. Of connection, of sharing. We just have to set it up in that way. And something that stands out for me when I think about that is how many families I see, and I'm not talking about long, long trips here, that's maybe different, but around the city, school runs, how many families I see of kids 
on their devices in the car. And I think to myself, as a parent who's just picked up your child and you're taking them home, you're missing an amazing opportunity to connect with your child, find out how their day was, find out who they are and who they're becoming. Um, so put those devices away and, and have the conversations, even with your teens, if it starts to become a lot of yes, no, fine, hold on, okay? Keep being that consistent force in their life who is interested and who is caring for them. We love listening to really loud music. Ah, oh, isn't that the best? So one of our favorites is off the Suicide Squad album, and it's Skrillex called Purple Lamborghini. It is filthy, not in words, in yeah. beat. It is bassy, <laughs> it's loud, and yeah, we cruise up the M19 listening to the hardest, <laughs> hardest tunes. After we've had a bit of a, de- a bit of a debrief, also speaking about long car journey, something that works really well for us <laughs> is um, I take English Mustard. Yes. And I put it in the console. And when things start to become a bit uh, unruly in hour four of ten. Me mustard time. I just pick up the mustard and show it to them and everyone just settles down. Chips. <laughs> <laughs> on a note of like a school run though, when things are getting wild. Yeah. Or on a long trip for that matter. We also have to be empathetic with the fact that from a sensory point of view, when kids get home after a long day of school, that's often a dip. A dip down time. Yeah. So maybe even being prepared for that in some way. So whether that is being prepared with some kind of, of snack or water or some kind of cool podcast or upbeat music, okay, something which can shift the energy from, from where they are is, is something to keep in mind also. Going back to temperature, though, that's an interesting thing. And cars are often hot spaces. And psychologically speaking, we know that when human beings are hot Uh, me yesterday and everyone at that ticket machine, we are more likely to be reactive. Our bodies at a heightened sensory mode and we're on the edge. And so any small provocation can bring out a a much bigger disproportionate reaction in us. So being conscious of that fact as well. So in the car, rolling down the windows or putting on the air con can be a a big mood changer. Mm. There was a study that showed that countries which are on average hotter. So Central African countries, Central Asian countries, Central American countries around the equator where it's hotter, they've been engaged in more conflict for longer than any other part of the world. And these researchers, their argument was that it had to do with heat. And people are are more on edge, uh, more passionate in those spaces. And so you're being conscious of that in the car, I think is an important thing to hold on to. Have you ever been around me when it's hot, like really hot? (laughs) I'm not fun. I'm not at my best. <laughs> yeah, it's hard for all of us. <laughs> the humidity and when you look like you've got tears of sweat beating down <laughs> you and your hair looks like you just got up the pool and your bra feels scratchy and your clothes feel clingy and then your kids start negotiating with you. It's just too much. Too much. P.S. Never negotiate with a child. You're always going to lose. That is a podcast <laughs> unto itself. We shall do one called Negotiating with Terrorists because yeah. that is all I am doing at the moment. <laughs> and all sorts of other fun things in the car. So focusing on music, putting little post-its or stickers around the car. I've got a sticker from you that you gave me, uh, which you might not know, of a little rocket. Uh, and I've oh, stuck it yes. on, on my console. And it's just such a joy to see every now and then. And it's a reminder of a positive affirmation, which leads to a positive feeling for me. So I think getting involved in those kind of small and simple, quirky, fun things in your car can make such a big difference.
I can so identify with that because Lula, my daughter, put a little um, heart sticker on the little button in the car. And every time I see it, I think of my soft little peach. Yeah. Not the talking back, R rolling, seven going <laughs> on 16. Negotiator. The head, the head of negotiation. <laughs> that girl is so gangster. <laughs> but it takes me back to that place of yeah. there's so much good in the world. There's so much right Absolutely. in the world. Absolutely. And it reminds me also of the fact that although kindness is not always easy, and it's not easy in cars sometimes, but they're often small simple things that we can introduce into our lives that can change the absolute direction and focus for us. Mm. Go safely. Go well. Yeah. Be safe on the roads this December. Lots of love. Connect with us at info at kindnesscan.co.za. Jane and I are just so passionate about coming into all sorts of spaces to share simple, practical, fun ways of bringing kindness into your life because kindness does have the potential to change the world. Mm. Sending you all so much love. You've been listening to Kindness Can, the podcast. Find out more at kindnesscan.co.za.